Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. You have Corey and Julie here, and we are going to talk to you about the highs and lows of being an entrepreneur, whether you're looking for direction on how to be a more successful entrepreneur or if you're just looking to for someone to share in the struggle, this show is for you. On today's show, we've got Callie Keen back on. He's a mainstay on our podcast and our radio show. And um, we had him on here way back in January. We've had him on our podcast a couple of times. He's a product genius when it comes to production, manufacturing, uh, all of that type of stuff. I'm not going to read that other line, Julie, because that's corny. What? That some people even call him a product Jesus? Yes. It's true. Exactly. Uh, for, for those people out there, uh, we write each other's intros and sometimes we don't read them ahead of time. But I caught that one. So, um, But uh, yeah, anyway, so we're going to have Kylie on in the middle there as, as usual with us. And before we go, um, or before we get to Kylie, obviously, in 20 minutes, Julie, how are you doing today? I'm. I'm good. Why did does it did it just sound like something just fell over? Yeah, I dropped my phone. Oh, okay. Yeah. I'm like, what is that noise? All right. I'm good though. It's been a little bit of a weird morning. We're in Studio 1A today. We are. Uh Julie's uh they're doing some work on Julie's house apartment utilities neighborhood i don't know an apartment you always call it an apartment it's it's connected to other houses is it townhome yes it's a townhome okay um but anyway uh yeah and so there was that i left my power cord at the restaurant yesterday and i didn't charge my computer and so then i had to run in and let me tell you so that it, it always seems like traffic never works out the way that you want it to work out. Mm -hmm. And like, if you ever need to send a text, like, and you're waiting for a red light, you're never going to get a red light. You're always going to get green lights and vice versa. If you're trying to hustle for whatever reason, the universe is going to get out to, you know, it's going to be out to get you and you're going to hit every red light. But the thing that really bothers me about that is the things that we have control over. And that is, uh, in my opinion, when like traffic, like we're all on the same team. Like we should all, we're, we're all trying to get through the the red lights. We're all trying to get where we're going and it just drives me insane. And this goes back to just the decline of uh, our civilization in general, just the self-centeredness, the narcissism that we live in where people just, uh, I don't care. I, I'm going to get through this light. I don't care about anybody behind me. I'm just completely oblivious, oblivious to what's going on around me. Drives me crazy because like I'm waiting to get into the neighborhood to uh, where where Cabo is, and there's basically one light from the direction that I'm coming. There's one light that you can take to get turn into the neighborhood, take a left hand turn, and people will just like it, it. If you miss it, it's a solid like three and a half, four minutes that you have to wait for the next time that you can get through. And people they're just slow as shit trying to get through that light. I'm like, I know this is not the first time that you've taken a left off of Broad Street into Scott's Edition. Hustle. Like you, like there, there's no lollygagging here. You just go, 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 go. Yes. And we'll have a couple of people run a red light too. Like, it's fine. Just go. But nope, everybody's just out, out for themselves. And I hate it. Dear God, that was the longest fucking story you've ever told about a power cord. That wasn't even about a power cord. Julie. It was about traffic. All right. I felt the power asleep. cord is a metaphor for life. Okay? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, listen, I want to get into a little bit uh the topic we're going to talk about with Callie when when he joins and that is why entrepreneurs fail right because I feel like listen we could do an entire series on this and I yeah I guess you know like all the red lights that come up or the yellow lights on being an entrepreneur and people just they can't make it through them they can't so you know what do you got why do you 
let's let's dive into that. Well, I mean the the let's go let's go back to the yellow lights and the red lights. Like when it comes to being an entrepreneur, you have to be willing to uh, risk it. Like make a calculated risk mm-hmm. to to for your business. So in the in that you know analogy there of um, the red lights and the yellow lights, like when when I'm going to work and if I'm actually like really like in a in a hut like a hurry and I don't want to wait for that stupid light, I'll just keep driving a couple of blocks and I take a left out of the bus lane. I just I take and make an illegal left turn right off abroad because I'm just like I'm I I don't have time to wait for this. I'm just I'm gonna just go up and calculated risk. Um, the amount of crime, basically, like traffic crimes that happen on that stretch of the road is so high that I doubt that I'm ever going to get a ticket for it. But it's calculated risk. And the same thing goes into business. It's like you can sit there and play by the rules all day long. But at a certain point, you're going to need to push the envelope a little bit. You're going to need to make that, you know, that calculated risk. Nobody's in danger of, you know, getting hurt or injured. And it's it, I'm just going to. I'm going to bend the rules a little bit. I'm going to, I'm going to push it a little further than I should because I need to, in order to be successful. Okay. So you think the not taking enough risk is a reason is one of the reasons that entrepreneurs fail. Yeah. And that goes for the, um, you know, we've had numerous conversations with people about taking out debt to grow their business Mm -hmm. and people, so many people who we've spoken with are debt averse and they're like, I would rather just bootstrap it. I don't, you know, I don't want to have this debt hanging. It was like, well, if you want to grow, like if you want to build a business, you need to take on some debt. You'll, you'll likely need to take on some debt. Not always, but it is extremely helpful to use somebody else's money to grow your business mm-hmm. or even start one. Especially early on, right? It's having the, using other people's money and keeping your money more secure is is the smart way to go. We actually are, you know, working with a new client right now who is extremely debt adverse. And we're like, look, just at least as I like to say, pull on every thread and see where it leads. You don't have to say, yes, this isn't, you're not marrying them. You're dating. Go figure out if there's an option that works for you. That makes sense that you could see yourself conceivably getting into and then follow that path. But like see what options are at least available to you before you just flat out say, no, I would rather pull every penny and dime I have out of retirement and out of my savings and everything I have cash, all of that in on my business. Like I believe you have to, you have to have some skin in the game, right? I think before you ask someone else to put skin in the game, you should have skin in the game. But I, I do strongly believe it's much easier to work with someone else's capital than your own. Exactly. And especially if you have that luxury of having some cash in the bank or, or some some sort of safety net, personal safety net, mm-hmm. if things do go, if they don't go the way that you're hoping that they go, you still have a way to pay off that debt. And, you know, by and large, like most people, most debtors out there are are willing to work with you if you are transparent and upfront and say, here's this problem that I'm facing etc. I need some help. Let's figure out a plan. They're, they're going to be more than likely to work with you on figuring out how they can get their money back than saying, beat it. We're taking you to collections. Scram. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What do you, so let's, let's back up a little bit though. So I, I agree with you, you know, you want to take the risks and it's always good to explore at the, at the minimum, explore your capital options. But what about like businesses that don't have a plan? Like people who start a business and, and some people get really, really lucky where it's like, hey, I've got this idea 
and they can bring it to fruition really quickly. And they're making money very quickly. But that, in my opinion, is not usually sustainable down that path. You've got to take a step back and and pull a plan together because at some point, something's going to stop working and you need to understand, you need to figure out how to, how to respond to it. Yeah. I mean, you definitely need a plan and it, it depends on the type of business that you're, you're, you're trying to start. And a lot of people who we work with are those solopreneur types They're They've taken something that was kind of a side hustle and they're trying to turn it into, or they have turned it into a full-time business. Um, and they, they kind of fell into business. It wasn't the plan to be uh, a successful entrepreneur selling this product or this service. It's something that they, that they just developed. And it, it's easy to find yourself stuck in a situation where you don't have that plan for growth because you, you didn't really think that it's not that you didn't think it was going to go anywhere. It's that it wasn't something that was like, for, like on the top of your head. It was, oh, I'm going to take this and now I'm going to be able to support myself. It's all of a sudden you six months, 12 months, 18 months down the road, you're like, oh shit, I quit my job and um, my entire revenue is coming from all of my cash, you know, all mm-hmm. the money in my life is coming from this one thing. Um, so there's that. But then there's also people who go off with the, um, who, who go out with the plan to start a business. I want to open up X. I'm going to start my own medical practice. I'm going like, like all of that. And I think that in that instance, you're definitely setting yourself up for failure if you don't have a plan ahead of time. Okay. Do you, I'm going to, I want to explore the difference between product and service based businesses and the necessity of a plan. So I'm glad that we've got Callie coming on after the break, but do you think, which one do you think is more likely to be successful without having a strong foundational plan, a service-based business or a product-based business? I, I don't know. I could, I could provide an argument for either. Um, the, the service-based business, because you don't have an inventory for the most part, your capital, like the, what it costs to start your business is pretty, pretty insignificant. Mm-hmm. So you can last a lot longer. You can also, uh, like you can supplement your income in other ways, not the same with the product-based business, but the, the, the amount of cash it takes to start a service-based business is smaller than a product-based business. Um, but I also think that assuming your product doesn't suck and it's something that people want, it's easier to sell a product mm-hmm. than it is a service because there's many places out there, many markets you can go to where you can put your product out there and it's, um, it, 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 there are people out there who are essentially will help you sell your product for you. Cause if you can get onto Amazon, if you can get on, you know, put it on eBay, whatever, like that, that helps promote your product for you, but you now have this, this inventory you're dealing with. So, um, you know, it can go either way in my opinion. Yeah. I think, I think it's easier to, I think you can withstand not having a plan or a really good plan longer on a product-based business than you can on a service-based business because that, and the reason is because on the product-based business, you've got something tangible that you can sell and that, you know, people can, you can go out and you can market it. And I feel like it's a little bit easier um, to, to justify or to, to get people interested in what you're selling on that service base without that plan and without a really good strategy and a pipeline that you're building. 
you're, you're kind of screwed, right? You need that. You need to be able to do those things. And if you don't, if you've not put anything into action, it's a lot tougher. It takes longer. I feel like to really build the momentum. Yeah. And I mean, and with products, you have, you have a, a physical item that has some sort of material value that worst case scenario could potentially be broken down into the individual parts and sold. Or um, if you need to just, you know, recoup some of your losses, find a, a closeout store like Big Lots and just dump all of your product on them. Um, I don't know how that works, but there <laughs> are ways Amazon. out. Yeah, exactly. There's There are ways out there. Everything has some sort of value. You can't just dump service on people and be like, no, I have a hundred hours of work that I need to get rid of real quick. Um, <laughs> who wants them? That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a really good point. Thank you. <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome. Yes. Yeah. Um, so what's one other reason why business has failed, Julie? Poor leadership. <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that. that. Well, you know, listen, I'm going to take a little bit of a side street here if I, okay. if I can. Um, one of the things that I have recently realized is in, and this isn't really, I guess I could relate it back to why people, why businesses fail, but um, I, I have realized recently or, or that one of the things that I love the most about being a business owner, being an entrepreneur is like, we relatively, we have almost no chaos in our business, right? There's, there's confusion at times, but we don't, we don't have chaos. Like everything for us is very controlled. We go into every week with a plan. Um, we don't always, we execute that plan usually to 80%. I would say we get the really important stuff done. We're very focused in that way. And even now with you having to step back a lot from SP Pace and Certivium and focus on the restaurant, we're still very good at controlling the chaos. Now, Things are a little bit, you know, more choppy, but there's not chaos. And as you know, I recently have been doing a um, consulting gig for a, a, you know, a bigger company and the volume of chaos that occurs is just mind blowing to me. Like it like literally like drives me fucking insane, Corey, when we, I, I could spend eight hours a day in meetings that no lie. I recently spent three hours in a meeting listening to people debate if they should delete lines from a spreadsheet or not three hours. Nobody knows who's in charge. There's everything is an emergency. It's like firefighting. I've been in firefighting mode for three weeks on this contract. And I'm not sure that I've accomplished anything in three weeks. And it just, it's so clear to me the volume of chaos. And then I look back at every big job I've ever had in a big company. And, and that's the repeated theme. It's just chaos and confusion, constantly shifting gears like, oh no, now this is the priority. And it's really nice to, to sit back and think the level of structure and calm that we have. And that I'm guessing most small businesses have because there's fewer things that you have to worry about at that magnitude. And it's, it, it's mind blowing to me how crazy it is. Uh, yes, I agree with that. But the other thing is that, and this was just completely blew my mind when I initially left the restaurant industry and went into corporate. 
Um, and I thought to myself, oh, this is going to be nice. I'm going from, from a small business. It was three cafes. Uh, we were opening the fourth at the time when I left to um, a multi-billion dollar Fortune 500 company. And I said to myself, this is going to be nice. Uh, they've solved all the problems. I'm just going to get in there and I'm just going to be able to work. And it was the same bullshit from day one when I got there. And I was like, you've got to be kidding me. You guys couldn't figure this out. And it made me made me feel a little bit better about myself. I was like, well, if, if our tiny ass chain of cafes couldn't figure it out and, and Fortune 500 company couldn't figure it out, then I don't know, maybe we just can't figure it out. And, and people are the problem. We need to remove people from the, well, the right. equation. But, but there's also those days where I think, I guess I had this thought this morning, right? Was, and, and I, I know you're going to be like, thanks for patting us on the back, Julie. But like, listen, are we just exceptionally smart individuals or are we just, like that good of a team that we're really good at figuring out you own this, I own this, and here's how we work together on things. And we just keep things moving forward. And I know we used to, we haven't done it in a while because of the restaurant, but we would do these continuous improvement meetings every week where we spent an hour looking at one small part of the business and how can we make it better? And then we didn't have to think about it again. And I'm like, are we just that smart? And the rest of the world is just fucking moronic or is it that we're just, quicker to figure out how to remove chaos. Well, I think it's just that we're reasonable individuals and that it's, there's that common goal and and the, it doesn't matter who does the work. It doesn't matter how it gets done. It just needs to get done. And, and I, I don't think that has anything to do with how smart we are. I think it's just a personality thing. It's that like we're both hard workers and like we, we agree on where, uh, you know, we might not at the time, but we will land on something that we agree on and we will just work towards it. That is true. That is my title. Hard worker. Yes. Yes. <laughs> All right. We probably need to take a quick break and then we are going to bring Callie Keen on to talk about, I don't know why entrepreneurs fail. I'm sure he's got some thoughts. Yes. See you after the break. Hey, everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. 
Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you're part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. It's time to take charge of your own career path. But how do you get started? First, tune in to The Career Confidant with Marie Zimanoff. Each show will feature national business leaders, tips and insight from Marie and her guests, career management tools, and a weekly career smart tip. She'll help you move forward, earn that promotion, get hired into the career you want, and brand yourself. The Career Confidant is broadcast live every Monday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. Welcome back to Defeat the Chaos, everybody. And speaking of chaos, Julie is... I don't know what's going on over there, but Sorry, just, we just realized that you were speaking into the microphone backwards. <laughs> right. And we recorded the podcast before this. Yes, so. exactly. Aaron, how do I sound now? <laughs> All right. Well, welcome back, everybody. And welcome to Callie for joining the show. Thanks again for joining the show, Callie. Hey, it's great to be back. We are always excited to have you on. Um, always a good conversation. Yeah. Plenty of knowledge, plenty of, you know, you are, you are, you are the product genius and you're a regular guest at this point. You will now be on monthly to talk, talk with us about all different types of things that have to do with uh, being a business owner. I'm, I'm really, I'm excited because now I can be Russ Hanneman. Uh, it's radio on the internet. Super excited. I don't know. It's a Silicon Valley reference, but uh, I, 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 I really love this conversation. And since we had the break, I had enough time to stop uh, laughing at your guys' conversation, but uh, I want to get into this because I think that there is a difference between product and service failures. And with, with both things, people don't start with the end in mind. They don't really have intent. I really see more and more people just do stuff and maybe that naturally turns into a business, but with products, that naturally turns into a bunch of products in your garage that you have no idea how to sell. And that's the most common failure I see with, with products is people think, I call it the socialist, it's like socialist entrepreneurship. If I control the means of production or if I, if I have the product itself, I have the value, like I'll have a business. But the, running the business is the hardest part of having a business, not having the product. Mm. So they just spend a bunch of money uh, and then have stuff in their basement for the rest of their lives. And so uh, what part of that, though, is actually creating a product that somebody wants to purchase? Because I, I think that if, there, if you have something that people want to buy mm-hmm. in terms of a product, that it makes it obviously a lot easier to sell than it does if you, you just came up with this idea for some sort of gadget that like, you, nobody really needs or wants. Right. Yeah, so I'm heavily focused on building out go-to-market strategies. Uh, it's going to depend on the flavor of that person. If somebody came to me and they had an audience already, or they had a popular radio show, or they had a way of addressing people, we would want to utilize whatever channel that they've already built. But I really look at 
what's best suited and how are we going to get an idea to market? Because if you're successful, the product's a business strategy for a moment in time. You're going to create another product. You're going to have ancillary or supportive products. You're going to have partnerships where you cross-sell and upsell and things like that. So it's really more on on the, the market side. So if somebody is just starting, I say, how are you going to get attention? How are you going to nurture that attention? How are you going to figure out once I have this pool of people that I've access to, what the hell they want? And hopefully we can say, well, I have an idea, put that idea in place and then move backwards from that formula and say, okay, well, this is the kind of group of people that want this. Let me validate that by talking to some of them. Where do those people hang out? Who owns that audience? How can I affordably get in front of those people? So like, you guys know me, I'm pretty down on just whipping out the credit card and paying for ads right away. Cause I think that that just, it scales mediocrity is what I, I say. It's like, if you, if you don't know if somebody wants a thing, then why are you forcing it in their face? It's not going to build a good brand. But th- this is the big problem is with product, people don't think of the whole ecosystem or the value chain of actually getting a thing to, to market. They just are really obsessed with their ugly baby, their idea. And uh, you can just hire some nerd like me to make it for you and you'll have it. If you have money, you just hire somebody to make it, but then it doesn't solve a business problem. It just solves like an ego problem. Right. Yeah. It's, it's such an interesting um, place to be, to watch other entrepreneurs. Right. So we, we, that's, we deal with entrepreneurs all day long, right? We see them on social media, we engage with them. Or, you know, have, we have conversations, coaching, we have masterminds, those types of things, right? So we spend the bulk of our time around entrepreneurs and you see the different parts of the business that they get or the process that they get stuck on and that they cannot get out of. And quite honestly, you know, like the two of you, Corey and Kelly, you, you're like my go-to for this person is continuously thinking, they're thinking about this. How do we how would you solve this problem? Right. Because sometimes like we're going to, we, the three of us think very differently, but we're very in, in alignment typically on how we would solve a problem or, or basically the guardrails around it. Right. So we're you're paid advertising for me, like last resort, like I don't want to do it if you, if you don't have to, but it's interesting because people get so caught up in the I need more sales. I need more sales. I need more sales. And they don't look at like the rest of the picture and then what's driving the lack of sales, what's causing that right now. Yep. And, and the things, all the things that they can do before they ever, ever touch on whipping out that credit card. Yeah. And like, once we get over into the, to the go-to-market strategy or like uh, use like the, the marketing word, you know, like marketing really is a lot of things. If you ask a marketer, marketing is like everything a business does. So it's kind of, to me, it's everything and nothing uh, at the same time. But if, if we get into our marketing brain, which its definition means to bring an idea to market, that's what marketing is. So if we, if we get into that, that vein of thinking, people fail because I see them they, they don't ask for help from a coach that's actually done something before. So they get this kind of like meme level coaching where, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Uh, I used to call it fortune cookie coaching 
And then Gary V actually bought the rights to put his little sayings inside of fortune cookies. And I was like, that's the end. This is, this is convergence. Like I need to stop putting my thoughts into the universe because I'm causing something bad happening. Right. (laughs) (laughs) But you know, fortune cookie consulting or fortune cookie coaching. And, 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 you know, they're like, you got to grind, you got to hustle. And, and what I see is I see people um, switching what they do every week. Uh, just doing stuff and they're not actually, they don't have a strategy. A strategy has a time frame. It has a plan. It has a series of actions. You should, you should be able to delegate that to yourself in the future. Like here are the actions I'll do on Wednesdays. Here's the, here's the results that I should see in two weeks. And so almost every time that I see somebody failing, right? So like they're failing to grow at this point or they're failing to sell. It's because they have no strategy. They have just tactics. They're like, I'm using social media. I'm like, that is a channel, not even a tactic. Right. And it's certainly not a strategy because strategy has results, right? And they just go and then, you know, one of our internet buddies will post a little thing and they're like, oh, I should be using TikTok. <laughs> I, I should be using LinkedIn. Oh, I'm not doing an email newsletter. And I look at the time that they're spending. They're like, oh, I'm working my ass off. But you're working your ass off going an inch deep on like 80 things, none of which has any relevance to who your customer is. You could just do one of those things. Mm-hmm. So you could call it shiny ball, but I think it's just like distraction culture brought into business and entrepreneurship. It's like the, it's, it's like the TikTok or like the Instagram reels of like business strategy. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do this. So I see that and I don't know, we, we definitely, we, we know a lot of people that they work their ass off. Like I'm impressed by their work ethic. I know you just had a show on work ethic and they really work and they get super frustrated, depressed because nothing is working, but they're working really hard. So I usually just have them do less things. That makes sense. It, yeah. it really does. And, and focusing on that one thing and putting a hundred percent into that one thing and not, you know, 10% into 10 things is, is very important. And the, the whole thing, like what we're talking about there kind of reminded me of fight club where, uh, um, the Edward Norton's character, he's talking about like, like right at the beginning of the movie, how he's like, if I could just get that one last piece of furniture, then I know my furniture is taken care of. And then I like, then my life's going to be complete. And then it's like, he's it's, and that's what I think that so many small business owners, like if I could just get that one thing that's going to solve all of my problems, like, no, like it's not going to be that one object. It's not going to be that one little trick that's going to save it. It's going to, you need to pick like you need to have that strategy, that long-term goal. You're not going to, mm-hmm. you're not going to win it overnight. You're not going to be a success overnight. And and that's something that with that shiny object, the fortune cookie, all of those things, it's, it's, it's just sitting down, creating a strategy and executing on it. Right. It's going to take a lot longer than you think. And it's going to be a lot harder than you think. Right. Always. I, I try to reduce it into memes or stories for people just to get them to agree. But I think like this is like, um, Everything works as long as you do the work. And the story that I have for that is people understand dieting or they understand exercise. But if you went to three dietitians or three nutritionists and you did the meal plan for each of those three nutritionists, you would just get fat. 
And like, that's what they're doing is they're taking advice. They're using, they're saying, oh, I'll do, I'll do keto, right? I'll, I'll do, <laughs> I'll do, I'll do high carb. I'll, I'll do, I'll do just carnivore. And then they're having, they're having nine meals a day and they're wondering why they're not losing weight. They're not getting results. And like people do it, it, like, that sounds so ridiculous, but that's what everybody does with their business. When any of those three things would have gotten them results if they just followed one strategy. And uh, that's what I kind of see is like, a, it's almost Easter. It's an Easter basket of tactics versus mm-hmm. one, one uh, effort. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that the um, what's amazing to me is the number of people who think, well, Kelly, you're successful and I see what you're doing. So I'm going to mimic and do exactly what you're doing. Like I see your social media posts. So I'm going to post just like you do on social media. I'm going to figure out how frequently you're doing it. And I'm going to do the exact same frequency. I'm going to figure out like how often you're posting videos, how often you're going live. And I'm going to do those things with no idea what the backend structure looks like, what that st- overall strategy is, right? So they still don't have a strategy built. They're just mimicking somebody else. But there's a lot of coaches out there who will tell you, like, this is how you need to do social media. And it's like, listen here, motherfucker, you don't have the first clue what we're trying to accomplish in our business. So stop telling me how to do social media. Yeah, that that this is, it hits a particular sore spot with me because I have a whole business that I very infrequently talk about online. And I really don't share any of those wins or the, the, uh, what I'm doing. I certainly don't share what my long-term strategy is one, cause it sounds ridiculous, but two, because there's, there's, I'd have zero benefit with sharing that information, right? It, no one's going to care. They're going to care at the end. But uh, so if you look at say me, what I'm doing in particular, just understand that in the back end, I'm doing something completely different than what you think. So uh, every single one of those business influencers that is successful is like that too. They're sharing the shareable portion of their success. So you're wondering like, oh, why can they afford to have this video team? Why can they, why are they post this information? Why do I see them at these events? It's like, because that's not really their business. That's their business for helping people or getting information out or raising their credibility or raising their known factor, but that's not their actual business. And so you're copying, like you're copying their thin veneer and pretending like that's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And like the one last thing we're going to, I'm kind of running out of time here, but the just kind of reminded me when you're talking about the different diets and you it, just how you can, you're not going to be successful. The one thing that uh, when it comes to diets that for me, and I think this is for a lot of people, diets is a, seems like a short-term thing. It's not a lifestyle. So you're like, oh, I'm going to go on a diet. Yeah. And after you're done with that diet, you're just going to go back to the, what you were doing prior. And it's the same with strategies. Like, oh, I'm going to create this strategy for the business. But if you don't stick with it and if you don't make it a long-term strategy, you're just going to fall right back into the same shit that you were, that was making you fail to begin with. And and that's something it, it's again, because it's that shiny object. It's, it's the fortune. I'm going to go out and look at this thing. Oh, that's the, that's what I really need. And no, like, I mean, maybe it is, but you got to stick with it. You got to build a strategy around it. I love it. Yeah. Oh, we still have three minutes. Yeah. yeah we still have three minutes, but <laughs> oh my God. Well, it, I mean, on this topic, I could fill as much dead air as there yeah. possibly is, but like really when, when we look at, when we look at the, these pieces, um, 
so frequently boils down to, because I, I hop on at least a couple calls uh, a week and just talk to people about what, what they're doing. I enjoy doing that. Uh, but it's that they have either gotten help by people that are not, in my mind, credible for what they're trying to accomplish. So there's a lot of cult of personality co- coaches and internet gurus. And they're like, this person's really cool. I'm like, that's great. Go hang out with them. But like, don't it take their advice on how to do the thing you're trying to do. They, they have no idea. Like they, they, they don't know how to do that. So like, there's probably somebody that's less cool that is going to be super helpful, but a lot of people just have a hard time asking for real help. They want to have that silver bullet help. They want to have that like cool person help. Like I want to click up an ad, have like a cool webinar and then we're going to race cars and it's going to be amazing. Or like, I'm going to do, I'm going to do like whatever, you know, like I'm going to like have a lifting event and we're going to hang out with famous people and we're going to sell a million t-shirts. Like, that's great. But like when it comes to something really simple is there's just regular, normal people that run consulting businesses that can tell you exactly how to solve each problem that you have. So I, I would stress to people is like, go develop a network. Go ask people real questions about your business and see, like, do they actually know how to hire people? Do they actually know how to uh, reward people? Do they, do they know how to, re- you know, do they know how to do that nerdy thing that you need to get done? And the answer is most of these people do, they don't. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think that, I mean, in a completely different conversation, maybe next time you come on, we can talk about the difference between a coach and a mentor, because mm-hmm. I think what a lot of people really need is that mentor. They need somebody that they can, and they can connect within a network and, and go from there. But we are actually now out of time. So uh, for everybody <laughs> out there, um, thank you, Callie, for coming on the show. We always uh, enjoy the conversation. And for all of our listeners out there, uh, check out his podcast. It's the End Hype Podcast. And go to his website, collabproducts.com to uh, learn more about Callie and connect with him. And we are going to take a quick break and we'll be back after these commercials. Hey everybody, it's Corey and Julie from Defeat the Chaos. Our show on the Voice America Business Channel is for small business owners, entrepreneurs, and winners. If you're a loser, scram. Yeah, scram losers. Defeat the Chaos hits on the struggles of what it's like to be an entrepreneur. We celebrate the wins and we dissect the losses. And unlike most boring business shows, we aren't that. We like to have fun. We have informative guests on. We talk about current events that affect small businesses. And there's plenty of gambling talk because risk and owning a small business go hand in hand. Oh, and we record live so there's no editing or production if we screw up, which we do. So join us every Thursday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern on the Voice America Business Channel or catch the replays whenever you have time. Voice America Network proudly presents The Catherine Zox Show for women, men, children, and families. Catherine magically combines her compassion, experience, and talent to bring listeners a show that's upbeat, informative, and yes, a little sassy. Tune in every Wednesday at 7 a.m. Pacific Time, 10 a.m. Eastern to The Catherine Zox Show on the Voice America channel. 
Today, expertise equals credibility. When you know what to do and how to do it, people follow because they acknowledge that you know more. However, stepping up in your career eventually pushes you out of your comfort zone of expertise. How you lead at those moments requires new skills. We're here to show you how to survive and thrive. Join me, Wanda Wallace, on Out of the Comfort Zone at Voice America Business Channel. You can find more information at Leadership Forum INC. Say It Skillfully is my new radio show about being who you really are and saying what you think needs to be said. This is your host, Molly Chang. Call in and I'll help you find the right words to tackle any difficult conversation or ticklish situation you've been avoiding. Whether you're part of a small project team or leading a giant company, the more you accept that you are part of the problem, the faster you can be part of the solution. Learn how to be happier, healthier, and more productive at work and in life. Join me live every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 8 a.m. Pacific on The Voice America Business Channel. All right, welcome back to Defeat the Chaos. That was fun having Callie on talking products and business and bullshit coaches and all those things and you even say it was great i would say it was great (laughs) just like tony the tiger it was great yeah yeah let's let's get into you know what time it is Corey. yeah that's right it's gambling time Time Corey. you should have gambled on me last week you would have won you said i was gonna go one and one yes and i did and you know what i did did you lose i lost (laughs) (laughs) so i'm 13 and two you're 13 and two and I'm seven and eight now. I'm under 500. Oh God, you suck. But listen, here's the thing. I want to apologize personally to Jordan Spaeth because he didn't even make the cut at the masters. And I'm pretty sure that's my fault because I had him win and he didn't even make the cut, but Tiger did make the cut line. So we are, I was one and one. Hey, I, that's a win in my book. Exactly. Yes. All right. So what do you have for uh, for this week? This week, I am going with the NBA. And I'm honestly not even sure if it's playoff times or not, because I don't really follow the NBA at all. But I feel like it is because I think that Minnesota was just in a play in game last earlier this week where a woman super glued herself. She gorilla glued herself to the basketball court. Which is a whole another story. Wow, I didn't hear about that. Yeah, she did over animal rights, I believe. Uh, um, but anyway, I'm going to take Atlanta. They're minus three at Cleveland, and I like Atlanta to win and cover. So you're taking Atlanta. I- I'm taking them. I'm taking the minus, minus three. three. Yeah. Okay. I'm taking them to cover. All right. I'm going to stick with hockey this week. Um, I like uh, the New Jersey Devils. Uh, I'm going to go on the puck line here. So I'm going to get, take the devils plus one and a half at the Colorado avalanche tonight. Um, it should be, I think the devils are actually going to win the game. So I'll gladly take the points on that one. Nice. All right. Let's get into some news. Well, first I want to thank action network for all of those numbers. Oh yes. Have. Hook us up action. Remember how we, uh, you know, well, we, uh, yeah. When we in, in between break, we sometimes forget that people exist and <laughs> that's true. <laughs> yes. And action network. Love those guys. Anyway, we do love those. Let's jump guys. into the news. Let's jump into the news. Yeah. I got some things, man. Okay. So the first one, actually, that I want to talk about was provided to me by Kelly this morning. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna start it with a question, Corey. What exactly, under what conditions would you consider sitting to be an extreme sport? Um, 
I mean, I guess it, the type of sitting, like back in the, the Great Depression, pole sitting was a thing. People would sit on top of poles and like, I don't know, somehow make money or get a sandwich. Yeah. All right. Well, Kelly sent me an article today, extreme sitting as a sport because people pull up a lawn chair, a beach chair in Antarctica and sit from sunup to sundown. Interesting. Also done in the desert, I believe. And they just sit there for what reason? Um, I don't. It's like endurance, like personal, uh, mental, like, like, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, I know a lot of people who would excel at this. Lazy ass motherfuckers. Yeah. So right now there's only one person who does it. And um, Kelly describes it as amazing. So uh, I'll have to look that up. It does not make sense to me. And if only one person's doing it, then I don't know if it's he's a, trying to get it qualified as an extreme sport. <laughs> yeah. So okay. that's, that's his goal. I mean, are, are there like bears involved? Like are, are there's, you on, ping, there's penguins involved are, in Antarctica. Are you on top of like a fire ants nest? Um, <laughs> I don't, that's a great question. Uh, yeah. I don't know. All I mean, right. good for that, that one person doing it, I guess. Yeah. All right. Where do you want to go next? A bird pooped on Joe Biden recently. I saw that. <laughs> and I don't care. This isn't political at all. Birds pooping on people is hilarious. It really is yeah. supposed to be good the, luck. So maybe maybe we'll. Uh... Maybe we're, we're taking a turn here for the better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That had nothing to do with anything. I just want to bring that up. So um, because, yeah, it, it's like watching people fall down. It's funny. Especially it's, uh, that will never not be funny. Children right? falling over is hilarious. There's an entire subreddit that is. Uh, um based upon kids falling over. Oh, I love it. Yeah, I didn't know that. Um, But I do want to jump into the. um, You want to talk about Elon? Well, no, I'm going to jump into um, one of my favorite topics to talk about, and that's crypto. So Mm -hmm. people for for months and months and years, uh, they've questioned whether or not crypto is you know, going to be a part of the future, or is this just a scam? Uh, governments hate crypto because they can't control it, and they're you know people think that that somehow it's going to get shut down, which is basically impossible to do at this point. Um, and uh, like we don't know, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty out there, and a lot of people, a lot of naysayers. But uh, just recently, this week, uh, read an article about how Mastercard has filed for. 15 crypto and metaverse related trademark applications. Um, and to me, that's that could be one of two things. Uh, one, it's a big company with a lot of money who's hedging their bets. And maybe there's a thing, maybe there's something with this crypto and metaverse thing. But but to me, realistically, that's more proof that that's the direction we're going. When something like MasterCard is out there trying to uh, take advantage of uh, metaverse, I still don't understand, but crypto, for example, just these things. I think that is definitely a uh, a good indication that we are going that direction. And obviously, the one thing that I am concerned about, though, is that it's going to turn into we're going to have something like the digital dollar, which is not good. No, not good because then they can turn our money off. Exactly. Very easily. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't really have anything to say to that. Okay. That. I, other than they can turn our money off, but yes. I'm a big fan of cryptocurrency. Yes. I, I enjoy it. Um, you know, I think it's definitely going to be the wave of the future and, and yeah, the, the idea of uh, digital dollar uh, government 
controlled, centrally controlled cryptos are just scary because if you do anything that pisses off whoever happens to be in charge at that moment in time, you your business can be shut down. They can say, oh, you're not. I mean, they're doing it in China, like the whole social credit system. Um, I mean, if you don't get in line and I mean, that one's crazy, too. And the, the powers that be over here are just foaming at the mouth or something like that, where oh. you uh, like if if I if if I don't let's say let's say I actually had social media um, and I post something on social media that's negative by the just because you're friends with me you get dinged as well. Mm-hmm. And listen, I get dinged every day just for knowing you. <laughs> yeah, that's understandable. But <laughs> but yeah, it's just it's stuff like that that just really just bothers me about mm-hmm. you know where we could go with technology. Um but there's always the chance that we're not going to go that direction. Right, and you know might you know who might help us not go that direction? Is it Elon Musk? It is Elon Musk. Let's talk about it. All right. All right. So he, as you know, I think we talked about this last week on the show, and I'm sure everybody knows because it was number one trending story all of last week that he is now the majority shareholder on um, Twitter. And he has now offered to buy the rest of the shares up. He he declined the seat on the board. And um, what in what I believe the reason was setting himself up for a hostile takeover because he could limit it to 14% cap on shares if he would join the board. So he declined it. He also was pretty much handcuffed on what he was able to say. And he's been very vocal about Twitter and their, you know, um, denial of freedom of speech. So he has now offered to buy every single share for $54 and 20 cents a share and basically take it over says he can do a lot of things with it and really help. And honestly, I, because he, I don't know if you, he posted, he made a tweet, a poll tweet earlier this week and then took it down. But the poll was, should we turn the headquarter building in San Francisco into space for homeless people since nobody ever shows up to the offices at Twitter. I saw that and I thought that was amazing. Yeah. I mean, cause who at Twitter can say no to that. Like, <laughs> we're not using it. We might as well, you know? Yes. Yeah. I thought, and then he, he deleted it. I'm not sure why he deleted it, but he deleted that, deleted that tweet. But it, I think it would be, I really hope he buys it really, really do. Yeah. I, and I, I mean, who knows? Who knows what ideas he has or, or, you know, what the the plan would be for for that. Uh, but I don't really know much about Twitter. So it's a cesspool. Let's let's go. Let's make it better. A better cesspool. Um, <laughs> I love it. So uh, next thing that I want to talk about, and this has to do with it's not necessarily I mean, inflation has something to do with it, but it's just uh, the where we're going uh, in general um, with the uh, home buying that mm. most young people right now can't afford to purchase a home. Most people can't afford to purchase well, a home. Most people can't. And I love the, uh, the, the argument and the, the, the facts that were presented in this article that I read, they're like, yeah, it's because, you know, the fed is raising the interest rates right now to try and slow inf- inflation. And that's pricing people out of the market. And right now I'm like, that's what's pricing people out of the market. It's the fed increasing interest rates because they are now ballpark around 4%, mm-hmm. which is what my mortgage is at when I bought my house in 2016 and 4% is ridiculously low people still. So that's not why people are getting priced out of the market. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and then I also saw an article in Canada. I think they, uh, I don't know if they passed a the law. They uh, definitely um, presented this law that basically foreign people aren't allowed to purchase homes if they don't. Uh, there's some sort of stipulation. They have to have. Some Do they have of, to be vaccinated? No, they have to like have some sort of residency in the state already. Basically, they like because right now it's just uh, people who have money are going out there and buying property because they can, and it's mm-hmm. driving the prices up across the board. And what's happening in Canada is a lot of those people are are foreign people, and they're just buying these properties because they can because it's going to increase in value. And the people who actually live in whatever city, town, locality it is can't purchase anything because they got priced out, which, I mean, that's the free market people. I'm sorry, but, uh, you know, definitely is not um, being helped by uh, the government. And I think that passing any kind of law like that, like people find a way around everything, like every good intentioned thing that the government does, people will figure out a way around it because the government doesn't really think like long term and what, you know, the laws they pass or anything like that. If ever there was an example of a failed business, government yes right yeah well listen i had other news stories too but i would go off the rails because it's all about how much more money we've just given to ukraine and inflation and you know i bought 12 items at the grocery store yesterday and it was 108 dollars and it's just ridiculous what's happening right now in this country and we're just printing money left and right and it's it's infuriating and it's very very hard to so it's hard for a lot of people to get ahead right now. Really hard, but it is an entirely different show and topic. It is, and uh, it, it's just uh, everything is cyclical to a degree. So you know, right now it's like I mean, we were probably talking about this five years ago. Oh, times is tough. Times <laughs> times are always tough, people. So that's why you need to be tough. Yeah, that's why we need more manly men and just get back to work. Yeah, you know? exactly. All right. Well, what do we want to tell? What do we want to tell the listeners today? Well, they should definitely go check out Callie's podcast and Hype Podcast, mm-hmm. and go to his website collabproducts.com, Especially if you have an idea of a product that you want to launch, or uh, if you have a product and you're not really f- sure how to make it uh, successful because your basement is full of cases of that product, um, <laughs> go check out our podcast, BizQuick Podcast, and. Check out our website, sbpace.com. Everything you need to know, including how to connect with us, uh, is on our website. Yeah. Um, tell them about Certivium. Oh, Certivium is, we like to call that our other business. <laughs> Certivium is a business that's focused exclusively on helping small business owners with social media management and customer engagement. It is a pretty amazing business that helps you with your most important thing, which is your customers. That's pretty much it. It's Easter this weekend. Awesome. Yeah. So get your Easter baskets and don't shoot the Easter bunny. Say, get your rifles. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for tuning in to Defeat the Chaos. And we'll see you next Thursday at 9 a.m. Eastern on Voice America Business Channel. Mm-hmm.